Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 2. We know the great verse number 1, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience, that means endurance, the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is so many things to us. I mean, really, if you uh, assess it, he's everything. He's everything you need. And uh, he's given us so many things. But looking unto Jesus, here's one thing he is. The author, the author, that means he's the one that authored our faith. Author and the finisher of our faith. Say that aloud. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Is, that, is he that to you? He, he's the one that, if you look up these words, sometimes they kind of give you more understanding. The one, one translation says the source for author. It means the source for our faith. He's, he's the one that gave us the measure of faith. He's the one that gave us incentive to trust him. Uh, and there's so much to that. But notice he said also then he's the perfect, the, I mean, excuse me, the King James says the finisher of our faith. Other translations will say perfecter. So when you got born again, remember the Bible said God dealt to every man, talking about every man among you, talking about the church, the people of God. The Bible says in the world all men have not faith. They've got the God, they don't have the God kind of faith. They've got the world's kind of faith, which as I see it, I believe it. You know, they don't believe God because they don't see him. But uh, this kind of faith, the God kind of faith, remember Jesus said, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty two. Uh, but then the King James says the faith, uh, I mean the, the margin of the King James in my Bible says the faith of God. Yeah. Have the faith of God. Right. People say, well, I can't have the faith of God, can I? Yeah. Well, sure you can. Sure you can. The Bible said to. If God dealt to every man the measure of faith, then what, whose faith is it? Exactly. Did, he deal, did he deal to you a human kind of faith? No, no God deals the God, the God kind of faith. <clears throat> so he said, have the faith of God. Yeah. Have the faith of God. King James says, um, have faith in God. But it's really the marginal corrected. It says, have the faith of God. Jesus told you to. And so, but having it, being dealt it whenever you got born again, that's not, that's not the end. That's not the end all be all when it comes to faith. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like having some little gold coin or something and you're so treasure it. And oh, it's so wonderful. Well, people take, people uh, take, uh, you know, the faith of God, and they sort of wrap it in a napkin and think how wonderful it is, get it out and show people, you know. That's not what faith is all about. There, there's something that God wants you to do with your faith. And it's not just to receive his blessings, although that's obviously part of it. But it's to finish your course. Isn't that right? Isn't that the context here? Seeing we're compassed about with so many cloud of witnesses. He's talking about those that have run their race before us. Even Old Testament saints. All that was revealed about Jesus hadn't come yet. It was, it's coming, it was in shadows and types. But it was, it was, uh, they were looking forward to some things. And they believed it. Right. Hebrews 11 talks about they, they didn't see it. But they believed what was coming. Yeah. Of course we are looking back to what happened. They were looking forward to what was coming. So they, they saw it and believed it. And they did what God told them to do to bring their supply to that happening, to Jesus getting into the earth. Amen. And they ran their race and they went on. 
And then uh, that's who he's talking about seeing we're compassed with so great, great a cloud of witnesses. Even New Testament saints before us in previous generations who have gone on. He said we're compassed about with these clouds of, this cloud of witnesses. They're watching us run our race. So he said lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and run with patience. Run with endurance. The race is set before you. Because uh, there's others going to come up under us, behind us, in the next generation. Jesus tarries is coming. And they're going to need something to orient where they're going. And they should be able to read books about you. Little old me? Well, go straighten your mouth out. Not little old you. Faith you. Faith you. You're running this race. It's a race of faith. Run with endurance. The, the, the race is set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. So he authored it. He got you started in this life of faith. And you're taking steps to obey him. To do what he's told, telling you to do. And as you do that, he is doing something else besides authoring. He's, the King James says he's finishing it. But it really, if you look it up, it means the perfecting of your faith. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of your faith. The word perfecter means to bring to excellence without flaws. He's the developer or the cultivator of your faith. He's improving it. He's putting the finishing touches on it. Amen. And listen to this. The word perfecter means to bring to a successful conclusion. Well, that's what he means by crossing the finish line. Yes. If he's the author and the finisher of your faith, he's going to bring you across the finish line of the course that he's laid out for your life. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Yes. I want to hear well done. Amen. That word done is important. I, the, the word well is important. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do it well. Yes. Yes. Pastor Nancy talks a lot about that. But, but done is important too. Yes. I don't want to hear, well, I'll show up in heaven. Well, I want another word. <laughs> well, done. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh -huh. Come on, somebody say amen. Like somebody, like the preacher said one time, he said, I don't want to hear medium rare. He said, I want to hear, well done. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't hot enough. You didn't quite get cooked all the way through, you know. <laughs> Source. Say that. I like, I like those two words. Source, Source. and perfecter. And Glory be to God. Well, I want to talk about the perfecting of your faith tonight. Um, because anybody can get started. Anybody can start a job, start a marriage. Start, start a career, start a, you know, anybody can start going to church, anybody can start helps ministry. Those come a dime a dozen. They're a little bit more valuable nowadays because there's not as many of them. <laughs> but, but finishers, now that's, that's a whole nother category. And so we want to talk about being finishers tonight. We want to talk about uh, really, it's going to kind of combine with, with uh, being perfected in our faith with uh, growing and developing spiritually. Be growing up spiritually. <clears throat> now, that might not make you shout. 
unless you do it. It'll really make you shout. Amen. All right. So let's get into this a little bit. Um, really, there, there's so much to this. I, I, you know, almost hesitate, but let's just uh, get started into it here a little bit. Um, I've noticed, now go over to, let's go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse number 10. It says here that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, right? So he is. But look here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 10. It says, Paul's talking to the church at, excuse me, at Thessalonica. He's praying uh, and, and then he's talking to God about what he's desiring to do. He said, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face. And might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Wait a minute, Paul, you can't do that. That's Jesus. Jesus does that. Well, how many of you know everything Jesus did when he was here? And, and, and is still doing now. He's still doing it now through people that he uses in our lives. You know what he's doing down here now? He's doing it through his body. Amen. You know your head couldn't come tonight to church? Your head couldn't come to church tonight. Your head can't go home and go to bed tonight without your body. Right? Brother Hagin used to say, if you think you can, let's cut it off and see if it can, you know. <laughs> Amen. So, no, Jesus is doing what he's doing through his body. So when he says he's the author and perfect, source and perfecter, we might say, of our faith... He does that today. He uses men to labor with him in this. And really, for our faith to be perfected, that means come to maturity. That means reach a successful conclusion. Get all the dross out of it. And so forth and so on. It takes others that God sends into our lives. That's one thing I notice about the body of Christ. Those who receive that, they, they, they get a more full uh, they get a more full faith. Yeah. God, yeah. God's able to bring them along more successfully. It's a little like having, uh, it's, li it's a little like a child being born and then kind of, you know, kind of being, you know, shared around between aunts and uncles and grandpas and people and, you know, they just, they don't have a home, they don't have mom and dad, there's nobody, I mean, people are there but they're only there for two weeks at a time kind of thing, you know, and that child never really, really develops right, right. because there's not somebody that God brought into their lives that's, that's faithful there. Yes. They're not being faithful to bring that supply to that child. Yes. Amen. Yes. So we need that. So we need, uh, you know, when, to, to grow in faith, we know that faith has to be fed to grow. Yes. Uh, you can't, remember the Bible said, uh, the Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yes. You can't just... You can't just decide, I'm going to just use my faith. You have to keep it strong by being fed. It's like your body, your physical body. That's what he's trying to say. Man shall not live by bread alone, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's, he's trying to tell us, just like food is nourishment for our bodies, uh, the word of God is nourishment for our spirits. People wonder why they're weak in faith. They eat three hot meals a day for their body and one cold snack a week when it comes to spiritually. Eating anything spiritually. When I say cold snack, I'm talking about going to a place that preaches about Abraham, Lincoln, Grandma, and never, you never quotes the Bible, never feeds the people the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So we got to be fed a rich diet. But that's not enough. 
You can have, you can have, uh, you can be uh, uh, a bookworm. <laughs> Read everybody's book that comes out. And uh, go to church. And somebody's feeding you and so forth and so on. Somebody where you, God's got, brought a divine connection in your life. But then you can do all that. And if you don't ever do anything with your faith, it'll never really become developed or mature. Amen. It's a little like somebody said, come to this conference. They're going to be teaching on marriage. Who is it? Oh, it's this new engaged couple that just got engaged. I don't go to hear somebody talking about marriage that just got... They don't know anything about marriage. Yeah, they don't. No, sir. Well, they've studied the Bible, you know, ever since they were young. Well, see, you can study the Bible and really not know what it's talking about. You. you want to learn about walking in love? You live in the same house with somebody trying to use the sink you're using. <laughs> and getting in your space. You don't know anything about walking in love unless you've lived with somebody for a long time. Am I preaching the truth? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, just, just making sure she would know. No, just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, you might be able to preach it real well, but how well can you live it? There's a big difference. So, um... You need faith instruction, but you also, you have to realize this, that God will run tests on you. What? Well, it's just like they, they, they passed me from first grade to second grade to third grade. They kept on passing me. I think some of them didn't want me, so they kept on passing me. You too. Yeah, I thought you need to say Amen. But, but they, anyway, no, I, I, I got passing grades, but I kept on moving up. And uh, uh, the reason they moved me up is because I passed the tests. Yeah. It wasn't just a matter of instruction. Yeah. There was instruction. Yeah. But then there was a test. Yeah. Right? And you didn't, now they want to socially promote people, but God's not a social promoter. I'll just tell you that right now. He doesn't hand out trophies to everybody. No. You flunk, you take it again. Yeah. I don't care that your knees are way up three inches or however far above the desk and you can't hardly get in the chair anymore. You're going back through third grade. Amen. Amen. God's not a social promoter. He is into promotion. He's big into promotion. But not just as a, you know, participation trophy kind of promotion. You participated. No, you flunked. You flunked. <laughs> anyway, I'll stay off of that. So, you, we need instruction. Yeah, listen, God will run you through your own personal faith school. Now, I don't mean something outside of the Word. I mean, He'll teach you something in the Word, and then He'll give you an opportunity to put it to practice. Yeah. And He'll just stand and watch and see if you're going to, you know, do that or you do what your flesh wants to do. So, if we, we, if we don't learn what our, you know, to do the Word, even in the presence of our flesh not wanting to, okay, He'll go, okay, 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 let's do this again. Okay, Pastor Jay, you preached on it again. Okay, so He said... He said, okay, now, here's your opportunity. 
It doesn't look like you're going to have enough money. What are you going to do this month? Ah, I don't know if we're going to get the money. I just talk and just talk unbelief. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, Pastor Jay, preach it again. Run, 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 run. <laughs> Go home. Okay, what are you going to do? Come on. Amen. And guess what? You start passing tests, he's like, oh, oh, Jethro's moving to second grade. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta laugh so we can take the medicine tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. God will run tests on you. Now people hear that and they think uh, he's saying, Pastor Jay's saying he'll bring tests and trials, he'll bring sickness. I don't mean that. I mean what God did with Abraham. The Bible said God did tempt Abraham. It words it means to try, put him to the test. And sent something bad, sent a curse. No, he te tested Abraham and said unto him. He said, do this. That's how God runs tests on you. He gives you his word to see if you're going to do it. Or if you're going to do what you always did. Get into worry. Get into, you know, division, offense or whatever. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, well, why is God running tests? Is he trying to keep me out of his best? No, he's trying to qualify you. <laughs> trying to qualify you. Praise the Lord. I know Miss Weiser didn't run tests on me in, in spelling class and English class and all of that to keep me. She wanted to promote me. Please, please. Take him, take him. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, we ought to be interested in that. Tell your neighbor, I'm interested in growing up. <laughs> you and I need to prize maturity. <laughs> well, that went over real good. Anyway. <laughs> Look at 1 Thessalonians 3.10. He said, night and day pray and exceedingly women see your face and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. How's he going to do that? He's going to do that by teaching and preaching the word to them. And uh, the Word will show what's lacking in our faith. Now, that's not a criticism of any of us. None of us are perfected completely in faith yet. Amen. And so there are things that the Word of God will highlight to us that will be like, oh, yeah, I see this. Amen. And so uh, God is always looking out for what's best for your faith. Not what's most comfortable on your flesh. Uh, okay, I'll say it again. He'll do what's best for you and my faith, not what's most comfortable on our flesh. There seems to be a modern version of Christianity being preached today that, you know, if it makes you happy, do it. It's God. Well, there's a difference between joy and happiness, first of all. And there's a difference between what your flesh wants and what your spirit wants, second of all. And there's a lot of things that'll make your flesh happy <clears throat> that'll just ruin you spiritually. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And it tells us that, uh, for example, it tells us that there's pleasure in sin for a season. Amen. 
And so maybe for a season, it'll seem like a high time. Then it catches up with the person. Anyway, I got to keep rolling here. Um, 2 Thessalonians 1.3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Look at that. Your faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity, that, that's the love walk. Charity is pretty poor translation there. It's the love of God. The charity or love of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Amen. So notice he's talking about them not just getting the measure of faith, according to Romans, but actually growing in faith. And not even just growing, but growing exceedingly. I'm interested in that. You should be interested in that. I believe you are. So really, uh, when it comes to growth spiritually, we grow in every area. We grow in all the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all those fruit of the Spirit. Um, spiritual growth is not just, you know, now I got more gifts of the Spirit. Now I, now I speak in tongues more. Now I, you know, I dance more in church. And now I roll on the floor too. I mean, you know, praise God, I'm really growing. <laughs> That's not necessarily spiritual growth. You can do that, and I've seen people do it. Do that and get up and cuss people out after they're done with it. I remember walking outside of a Holy Ghost meeting one time. It wasn't a minister you know, but we were in this Holy Ghost meeting. And, uh, and uh, boy, oh boy, outside on the front pad, off the front pad of the church. Man, there was a big fight going on. They had just been in there rolling back and forth on the floor. Wow. Well, I said to my wife, I said, well, that's certainly... Um, was just something that came on them. It wasn't something working in them. (laughs) Anyway, I got to keep rolling. Stop pulling me off all those side journeys, you know. (laughs) So he said, uh, he said, your faith can grow exceedingly. Now go to Ephesians 4, 4, 14 here. This is another passage I want to look at tonight. I don't know how concise all this is tonight, but it's, it's just, I'm, I'm ramping up to really get to some things. Ephesians, did I say four? Uh, oh yeah, 14, 414. That's what I was, okay, 414. You know, remember that he said here, let's back up to verse 11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. There's the fivefold ministry offices. What? For the perfecting of the saints. Well, that includes the, the, the faith of the saints. It wouldn't be just that. But it would include that. Paul said, I, see your, I want to see your face and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. That's, that's serving in the kingdom of God. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So saints can, through sitting under the ministry, can grow up spiritually. And grow up in all things spiritually, including their faith. And then be, he said here, uh, prepared for the work of the ministry. In other words, to bring something back to the kingdom of God. Do something in the kingdom of God. And then the edifying of the body of Christ. Means the building up of the body of Christ. Now notice what? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Perfect means mature. Doesn't mean never make any mistakes. Just means you're growing up. Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Pastor, that's not possible. Well, tell Paul that. Tell the Holy Ghost that. Who gave, put it in the Word. That's what, that's our goal. That's our measuring stick. Jesus' own stature, spiritually. That we henceforth, in other words, from now on, be no more children. Children aren't grown up yet. Tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine and sleight of men, cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. God's been talking to me a lot about deception lately. But speaking the truth in love may what? Grow up. 
Grow up. Tell your neighbor, that's, that's something you should be interested in, growing up. But notice verse 14, children, don't be just children, tossed to and fro, carried about. You know what that describes? Tossed to and fro, carried about. You know what that describes? Instability. It's describing instability is what it's describing. And uh, it also, the terms tossed and carried, describe an influence moving them involuntarily without purpose or direction. And boy, do we see a lot of that in the body of Christ. In, uh, an influence tossed to and fro. You know, you, you can look at this and think of a, you know, whatever, a, a something, a, a piece of wood or something on the water where this, the waves are going like this or tossed. And it, I mean, it can, the wind can blow and it's half a mile down the beach or something. And it's being driven. And the, something is influencing their movement that, that thing's movement involuntarily without purpose or direction. That's what that's describing. God hasn't called you to move without purpose or without direction. Amen. You're to be moved by the word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Some people, they, they in the name of we're free. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? We're just, we're just free. We just, we just don't let any bondage get on us. We're just free. In the name of being free, they actually are very unreliable. All right, all right. Amen. We're not talking about things that everybody likes to hear tonight, but we, we, it does grow us up. Amen. And uh, they're not moved by the Word or the Holy Spirit. They're moved by whims. They're moved by affections. They're moved by, and they're tossed to and fro by all sorts of doctrines and all sorts of influences. They couldn't, they wouldn't be able to tell you when their flesh is moving them or it's the leading of the Spirit. They, 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 they don't just don't have a clue. That's spiritual immaturity. They don't know the Word enough or the inner witness enough to follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the Word. And so they're oftentimes uh, following just a figment of their own imaginations or something. Some pressure on their flesh. They get a little bit hurt somewhere so they're moved by that into something else. I'm preaching pretty good tonight. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Faith is for many, many different Christian disciplines. Not just to uh, receive our healing or receive our needs met or something like that. For, for example, faith. Here's one Christian dis discipline you can grow in faith in. And learning to walk in love. We do that by faith. Anybody ever had feelings of doing something and you just, okay. The Bible said, you know, love works no ill to his neighbor. So I will not. Amen. Pinch him in the nose. You know. Right? Come on. Where were those amens at the beginning of the service? Well, I don't need faith to walk in love, do I? Oh, yeah, honey. Oh, yeah. You certainly don't want to do it by feelings. You better do it by faith. <laughs> That's right. You need faith to develop a prayer life. What do you mean, Pastor? Okay, you're going to go into an empty room, close the door, and you're going to get your Bible out, and you're going to, you're going to say, Father, I just have something in my heart I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Come on now. Yep. And, and faith can't do that. Come on. 
faith walks in, I mean, unbelief walks in there and says, talking into an empty room? Who can hear you in an empty room? And, 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 and God's in a galaxy far, far away. I don't know what he wants, you know, so forth. But faith, faith develops a prayer life. Faith talks to God and faith hears from God. It takes faith to do that. We could go on and on. I don't want to get into all, everything, but I just will mention this. Faith means uh, you develop faith for living in victory over the forces of darkness. <laughs> I told Pastor David the other day, I'll just tell the whole world. Um, I said, we stepped out to, to take some steps in expanding the ministry. And I'm telling you, bombardments of attacks against my mind have been... I said, oh... Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, you too? I thought it was just me. No, this is, this is faith 101. <clears throat> anyway, so there's a whole lot to it. But 2 Thessalonians 1.3, your faith groweth exceedingly. Exceedingly. I want mine to grow exceedingly. Amen. So if you're listening to, I'm really wanting to talk about faith. God, God, God will do what's best for your faith. And I don't know how many of these things I'm going to get completed here tonight. But, but let me just say this, that if you listen to the Spirit of God, God will lead you in line with what's best for your faith, not just what's comfortable on your flesh. Amen. Anybody know what I mean by comfortable on the flesh? In other words, let me just say it this way. The flesh doesn't like the stretch. The flesh likes, you know, well, we've, we've, you know, we've, we've finally gotten a little bit comfortable in life. Let's not take on any more faith projects, you know. We just kind of circle the wagons and build three tabernacles and camp here. Yes. Yes. Well, that's not going to be best for your faith. And if you listen to the Spirit of God, He'll deal with you about things and take you uh, continually into a more developed faith in many, many things. And His dealings are always to bring you up. Amen. 1 John 2, 27, the anointing teaches you all things. Remember that? The same anointing teaches you all things. Truth is no lie. Even as he hath taught you, you shall abide in him. To abide in him, you have to listen to what he's teaching you. And then remain in that truth. So, um, the anointing will, uh, he'll teach you how to have an ever-increasing faith. He'll teach you everything else in in the Word of God. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm just focusing on this issue of faith tonight. He'll teach you to have an ever-increasing faith. If your faith is not increasing, in other words, you're stagnant. Or you're going backwards. Or things aren't progressing. You're not listening to the teacher. I didn't say you might not have been in school. You know what I'm talking about. You can be in school and not do anything with what he's teaching. Come on, tell me I'm preaching all right. God is all about promotion. He's all about promotion. He will never teach you, what the way he teaches you will never keep you where you are. He loves you too much for you to stay where you are. He has so much more for you to stay where you are. Amen. He'll always teach you something to bring you up in your level of faith. Amen. 
When I say teaches you, I don't mean just he'll, he'll bring a Bible verse to you only. He'll bring a Bible verse to you. He'll, he'll begin to talk to you out of Bible verse. He'll, he'll talk through you through sermons you, that you listen to. <clears throat> and, and if you're listening to the Word, people preaching the Word. But he'll teach you those things. But then he will run, uh, he will run tests on you. And he'll ask you to step out and practice that. And if you get your binky and your blanky out, <laughs> that's too uncomfortable for me. Okay. F. Now come around again. Let's do this again. And you can go in circles for the rest of your life. Because you'd rather live in the flesh. Nobody here wants to. I'm just simply saying, it's a choice we make. God's, he's, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's going to do that for the rest of your life. But if you don't or I don't respond to him, we will stay in the same place we have always been. Amen. Learn to love the stretch. Learn to love the stretch. Learn, I'm going to say it four more times. Learn to love the stretch. Tell your neighbor on one side. Poke them. Learn, Learn to love the stretch. Turn them on the other side. Learn, Learn to love the stretch. Now, you know what you're saying. When the stretch is when your flesh is uncomfortable. Your flesh would rather not take that step. Amen. Learn to love it. Well, when do I get to rest? Well, you just rest as you go. Just rest as you go. Your whole life is a rest. Yeah, but all these attacks and bombardments against my mind whenever I step out. I mean, uh, yeah, you got you to gotta resist those and stand against them. But you can learn to do it real easy and then turn back to rest. Amen. So, learn to love it. Learn to love it. If you're going to grow up, you're going to learn to love it. This is why... Um, when, because God loves promotion, he, loves, he wants to keep doing what's best for you. Uh, he's he's going to see what you, he, he sees what he has planned for you ahead. And he sees what it's going to take. And he sees to, to get there, he's got to develop you now and prepare you for it. Or else it'll freak you out. I remember how I eventually got into teaching in healing school. If you'd have told me just two or three years before that, I'd be standing there teaching in healing school. Yeah. It freaked me out. I'd have gone, hey, hey, I'm out. But he, he kept on developing us, kept on developing us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he knows what he has planned for you to get there. He's got to develop your faith. So whatever lessons he's teaching you right now, if it's learning to cast your care on the Lord, if it's learning not to take anxiety and not take thoughts from the enemy, not to get offended, whatever, whenever he runs a test on you, learn to pass it. Oh, he's just making it so hard. No, no, no. You're making it hard. He's trying to promote you. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> So because he's really trying to bring you into more, that's why you feel the stretch sometimes. Amen. He's not willing to let you where you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's, God's not necessarily wanting to just keep you where you are. Doesn't he love me where I am? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't you love your children where they are? 
But do you want a seven-year-old in your house for the rest of your life? See law. Right? God doesn't want the rest of your life. Huh? This is not a, uh, a crib church. This is not a thumb-sucking church. You want to come to Spirit of Faith Family Church, we love you as a baby. We, we, we will change your diaper. We'll love you forever. Well, not forever, but we'll love you. I got to qualify what I mean. We will love you forever, but we're not going to just, just be happy with you staying where you are forever. No. Man, just the thought. When I said a few minutes ago or a minute ago about a seven-year-old in your house for the rest of your life, some of you went, oh, Jesus. <laughs> God loves you too much for you to stay where you are. Hallelujah. So he's going to stretch you. He wants more for you. Actually, he wants a lot more for you than you want for yourself. Well, I don't understand. Trust him. Trust him. The way he chooses to train you, trust him. Well, if you'll help me, we'll get into what I have tonight. God can pull you through anything if you can handle the pull. What do you mean handle the pull? I mean you won't give up and quit. You just stay with him. You just stay with him. Even whenever your flesh is screaming and hollering and, and wants to cry, you say, no, no, I'm going to grow up. Amen. I've been taught of the Spirit. Remember here you said 1 John 2, 27. The anointing teaches you. I've been taught of the Spirit to not always take the easy route. That my flesh wants. Amen. Because I want what God has. And, and I want the privilege of growing up. So there are so many, young people, there are so many privileges to growing up. Amen. So many privileges. So I want that privilege, don't you? Amen. Amen. So do what's best for your faith. Now, um, to, to do what's best for your faith, God's going to put a demand on your faith. He's going to require you to exercise it. It's not enough that you have it. Not enough that you're fed. Your faith is fed. He's going to require you to start exercising it. Start doing something with it. What are you going to do with your faith? Wrap it in a napkin kind of thing, you know. Remember that man, the parable of the talents. One man just wrapped it in a napkin. You can't take your faith and just wrap it in a napkin and return it to him whenever you stand before the Lord and say, here, I got what you gave me. Yeah. He said, what'd you do with it? Yeah, yeah. Did you increase the kingdom with it? Did you get all I had for you with Come it? On. Did you get into all the anointings and all the supply into the work that I had? Somebody said, well, I just, I just want to get into heaven. No, you don't. If you knew anything about heaven, you don't want to just get into heaven. You want to get all that heaven has for you, including all the rewards. Amen. Amen. Don't say, I don't know. Yes, you, you, you need to know that. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, an example of this, and, and I was just really challenged with this this afternoon. Um, parents sometimes, you, every now and then you see families where their children are not developing at the right rate. They're socially not developing, mentally not developing. They don't know how to interact with others right. Because the parents... For one reason or another, 
they, they didn't put a demand on their children growing. They coddled them. They didn't give them any responsibility. And, uh, and they ruined them because of it. Amen. You can't keep, as a child gets older, you can't keep treating them like a toddler. You have to, you have to bring that, give them opportunities to develop and grow. Amen. Amen. Well, God is a father and he does the same thing for us. Amen. He, he, he'll do that for us. Um, he, he, he might have treated you one way as a younger child, but you might not be able to get away with what you used to get away with. Amen. It'll keep you a spiritual baby for him to just let you just keep on acting the way you used to act. I don't know if you're going to like the rest of this sermon. <laughs> You know, there are some things as a child, as a younger child, that you can ask for and get. I'm talking about a natural child. You can ask for and get. But as an older child, you might get spanked for it. There's some things you ought not ask God as you're growing up. Amen. Amen. You know, well, God, I don't want to, I don't want to obey you. I don't want to do the, you remember Jesus was led one time, Bible says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to look in your Bible, see if you've cut that verse out, because that's in there. <laughs> led into the wilderness by the Spirit, led into a place where it was going to be tough. Well, bless God, I'm free. I can do what I want. Yeah. And stay a midget in faith. I want a great faith testimony. How are you going to have a great faith testimony without a test? Without opposition. You got to learn to stay put in the hard places. Thank God for the help we need tonight. Hallelujah. So, you, you know, you're really growing up when you stop crying when God puts a stretch on your faith. And you actually look forward to God giving you something to put your foot to in the flesh. Amen. How many of you don't want, every time you tell your child to do something, you don't want them just, that gets old after a while. It's just like, come here. It just goes all over you, doesn't it? Smack. <laughs> When I talk about abuse, we're talking about, you, you, just, you just don't let them be pouty about chores or responsibilities or, you, you require them to grow up. Maybe they get away with it just as a young child, but depending on how good of a parent you are. Anyway, but uh, as they grow up, amen. So when you actually begin to long for God to do what's best for your faith, now you're becoming a humdinger. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be talking about you. You're becoming a humdinger. <laughs> Amen. So you're not doing what's best for your child. You're not doing what's best for your child if you never put any responsibility on your child. Amen. Or you never let them get out on their own. Or you hand them everything and never let them grow up and learn how to do things for themselves. 
Praise God. Parents cripple their children by making things easy on their flesh. My parents, I don't, they, I don't know if they knew much about some of the things that I teach and preach today, but boy, they knew, they knew how to not make it easy on my flesh. Anybody else have parents like that? And so, they, parents, if they just make everything easy, never give them any responsibility, uh, they cripple their development to stand on their own and, and, and be mature and be a vital part of anything. Just society, let alone, you know, just a good business or church or, you know. They become, pardon me for being so blunt, but they become a liability on something rather than an asset. Amen. I hear people sometime on the news talking and I, I, I hear the stupidity and selfishness and pride and stuff. They're talking and I say, I usually point and I say, your mama didn't raise you right. <laughs> you didn't get enough spankings. <laughs> yeah, how many of you know what I'm talking about? We got a bunch of whiny babies blaming everybody else for their own failures. They're, they're immature. And today we got children raising children. We got a whole generation of people that look like adults, but they are they're spiritual midgets and emotional midgets. Amen. Well, you offended me. Well... There's a lot of things I don't like, but I don't, I don't say you can't, have, you can't do that anymore. Anyway, I'll get off of that. Somebody didn't do what's best for that child. They, they, didn't, they didn't make them grow up. Amen. And some parents want to do everything for their children, never let them get out on their own. Uh, at the appropriate ages, of course. You understand there's appropriate ages for all these things. And uh, because they never get out on their own, the, the they say the reason they don't want them to, you know, I, I, just, I just love my child so much. I just love my child so much. I want to keep them close. And uh, it's, it's actually not love, it's selfishness. They are not doing what's best for the child. They just want to just keep them real close to where they, they can't ever get out and learn. Amen. It's, it's actually selfishness. Amen. So you're actually hindering them becoming an adult. And their, their formation is slow. It should, be, it should be faster. So are you talking about parenting tonight? Well, yeah, I am. But I'm talking about what God is doing for us is going to be best for our faith. It might not be what our flesh wants. But it will be what's best for us to grow up and be able to stand in the place he's called us to stand in. Uh, my flesh didn't, you know, my mom, she'd spank me. She said, this is for your good. I'd think, right, right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But how many of you know she was actually telling the truth? <laughs> Amen. If you're going to lip off to your sister, you're going to get a spanking. Because you try that out there to the policeman, or you try that out there to the teacher, or the coach, or something like that, you're going to have a lot of trouble in life. So I'm helping you. I'm doing what's best for you to succeed in life. And that's what God wants. He's, he's going to do what's best for our faith. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me, Lord. I want what's best for my faith. Praise the Lord. But parents, sometimes they coddle children and they don't, they don't let them develop right and so forth and so on. They kind of keep them close. And, uh, you know, as a result, they hinder them becoming adults and taking responsibility. Amen. And so, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say to some of you parents, some of you coddled your young people to the point where they should have had driver's license a number of years ago. Thank you. In fact, they're at an age they should have a job. All right. Come on. Thank you. And they don't even have a driver's license yet. Well, they're not ready, and I'll tell you why. It's your fault. You coddled them and didn't ever make them step out. And so you've hindered your child. Okay, we went ahead and stopped just preaching, and now we're pastoring. Amen. Amen. That's just poor parenting. I said it's poor parenting. Stop giving them a ride. Well, they don't want to do it yet. Stop giving them a ride. Amen. Make them grow up. Well, they're not ready. That's your fault. I was ready for my driver's license way before I had my driver's license. Because get out there and mow that yard. I don't know how. Well, I'll walk beside you for at least 10 minutes and then you'll know how. Yes, amen. amen. That's right. How would I put it in gear? Right there. How do I turn it on? Push that button right there. Whoa. I'm not ready for this. Yes, you are. You're old enough. And I was made to grow up. And I'm driving, I'm driving three on the column pickup trucks out in the farm fields, picking up hay bales. I was way before 16. Back, back in Pennsylvania, I was 16 years old. Amen. They were preparing me for what I needed to be an adult. And they just decided I was going to be an adult ahead of some others. Amen. That's why we're able to lead things today. Some of you aren't raising leaders. You're raising followers because they're behind everybody else at their age who are already ahead of them. I'll be leaving right after this. <laughs> Amen. Well, they're not ready. And that's the condition that you created by coddling them. Amen. That's not your child. That's you. That's poor parenting. Amen. Some people are even, children are even twisted emotionally and mentally. They don't know how to interact with others. I was, I was made to get out there. Get out there and get, don't sit here in the house. You get out there and you play with everybody else. <clears throat> Amen. No, I didn't like it all the time. But my parents were like God. They prized maturity. They didn't prize what my flesh wanted. Amen. Praise God for the word. Praise God. Don't cripple your child. 
And uh, if God's dealing pretty rough with you as far as making you get out and so forth and so on, uh, get out of your, when I say get out, I mean sort of out of the nest kind of thing. You know, like a baby bird, he's in the nest for a while. Oh, I'm having too much fun to quit right now. <clears throat> and mama's doing everything. Mama's bringing the worms. Mama's bringing everything. But after a while, mama just like, she gets kind of behind him, kind of pushes him over to the edge of the nest. And, I'm not gonna sit, you're not going to sit here and me feed you the rest of your life. Right? That little baby eagle's up there flying. He's actually coming up into the air. He's so, getting so good at it. And mama's like, okay, we're pulling all the lining out of the nest. So all these twigs hurt. And he can't sit there anymore, you know. <laughs> That's being a good mom and a good daddy. You learn to do that. <laughs> So if God's doing that to you, don't cry about it. Just realize, hey, he knows I'm ready. Amen. And a lot of people are a lot further, whatever, a lot better, a lot more ready than they think they are. Amen. Hallelujah. He's getting you ready for his plan to fulfill his plan, really. Amen. So, well, why is God not dealing with somebody else like he's dealing with me? Well, maybe they're not listening, first of all. But maybe he has more for you than what you even realize. And he's just trying to get you ready for it. <clears throat> Amen. Now, my parents, when I, let me just tell you a little bit about my parents. And I didn't like it at all at first. But my parents, I'll just tell you a couple of the ways, a couple of things that happened. Is that all right? Just felt led to do this tonight. Maybe help some parents around here. When I was, uh, when I went to Bible, well, let me back up. Whenever I, uh, I don't know, around the age, of course, got my license at, at my driver's license at 16. Uh, around the age of 14 or something, I started telling my dad, Dad, whenever I turn 16, uh, are you going to buy me a car? He said, nope. <laughs> what do you mean you're not buying me a car? Didn't you buy Dar my brother Daryl and Lynn's car? Nope. <laughs> well, they had a car. They bought it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You mean I got to buy a car? Yep. Come yep. Yep. on. Yep. You're going to pay the payment. Really? How much is that, Dad? Yeah. Well, what do you want? Yeah. Get on talking about? Yeah. Well, I don't know. What, how much is this one? Well, oh, okay. No, I won't get that one. Okay, how about this? You know? and, so, and, and so, I can afford this one. Well, that's not all, son. Oh, you got to pay insurance, too. Oh, you're not going to pay that? Can't you put me on your insurance? Nope. <laughs> Nope. Well, what about what about gas? You gonna pay my gas? Nope. <laughs> Boy, I thought, man, I got a rough mom. I got a rough deal here. I mean, my mom and dad are Gestapo people. You know, it's just. <laughs> but boy, it made me grow up. It made me realize, okay, now if I get this much money, uh, and and uh, I guess I, I better learn how to make money. If I don't make money, I'm not going to have a car. Well, can I borrow your car? Nope. We might need it. <laughs> I don't want to live here anymore. That's fine. You, you can pay rent. And utilities. Oh, I do want to live home now. Okay, I do. All right. So, See, I had to realize, and they made me grow up. Yeah. 
They didn't hand everything to me. Man, I thought that was pretty rough. But to be honest, if we had to do it all over again, I'd say, let's do it the same way. Because it made me grow up. Why? They were doing what was best for my de de development into adulthood. <laughs> Amen. When I went to Bible school, I thought, surely they'll help me go to school. Nope. My parents never gave me a thin dime to go to Bible school. Am I mad? Nope. Made me grow up. Yeah. Amen. Made me learn to trust God. Yes, Made me learn how to work. Yes. Come on, somebody. I wasn't coddled. None of us, uh, we, you know, five, including myself, five of us kids in the family. And uh, it dawned on me one day after, after we all got into adulthood, well, into adulthood, and I thought, all of us are running businesses or leading things or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it dawned on me, that's why they trained us for adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. And we were forced into yes, it. Yeah. 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 Nobody coddled us and handed us everything. No, Isn't that an interesting thought? Amen. So, no, I mean, I mean um, shouldn't parents give to, to, to kids? Well, you know, be led. But don't develop, don't, don't coddle immaturity. Don't hinder their, their development spiritually, mentally, financially, or anything like that. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. The way I was raised, I got a sniffle, I got a headache, I got a, you know, tummy ache or something like that, and I want to sleep in. This is usually the response. Mama come up and she say, hey, you'll feel better if you get up. Get out there and do some chores. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that taught me not to just live by my feelings. Some people want to take off for little, every little toe ache. You're, you're never going to amount to much. Somebody say, I love my pastor. Amen. That's the way I was raised. <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> Amen. My money, my parents had money. You know, it wasn't that they couldn't buy my car. My dad could have paid cash for my car. Why didn't he? Because he's doing what's best for my development. He's not doing what's what was best for my flesh. Amen. <laughs> I bought that car, that powder blue, powder blue 1981 Toyota Celica hatchback. I bought that with my own money. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Learn not to, le learn to keep all the crutches out from under your faith. That's why, that's why today I am the way I am. You've heard me say. Now, Pastor David has been getting on me, so I made her a promise. I'm going to change it this year or next year. But, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, for years, I don't know, I lost track of how many years the compensation board wants to give me a raise. I said, I, I appreciate your generosity. I appreciate you thinking of me. I, I understand people ought to be paid for what they do. But I said, I'm just enjoying using my faith so much. Yeah. I want to I develop in faith. Yes, sir. Amen. I don't have any idea that the Lord would do this. But what if he said at the end of this year, okay, you're done. Now you've got to go, go step out into something that you really need to use your faith for. Yeah. I want to have the faith ready to do that. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yeah, don't, don't just ask, well, I can't work there because they don't pay enough. Did God say work there or did he say not to work there? Amen. 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 He might have something for you there. Well, bless God, I can get a better pay job, pay, paycheck over here. Well, go over there and don't get your lessons. Don't learn your lessons. Flunk your faith school. And, and be brought around a few years later to learn this lesson that you should have learned a year, two, three years ago. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there is something I, I should address, being raised the way I was raised. One thing I had to learn then is I had to learn how to receive. You understand? So, you need to not be, you know, be ignorant of that. But right on the other hand, you can learn to receive. But it's not like, it's not like a person that's receiving. It's not like they're, you know, you know, just offended if somebody doesn't do something for them. They, they kind of take on the attitude, I'm thankful and gratitude, have gratitude for everything, but I expect nothing. I mean, from people. From God, I do. I look to God. But from people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just learn not to depend on other people. Amen. Don't depend on everybody to give you everything. Hallelujah. So, are you still glad you came tonight? Um, God will lead you in ways that sometimes aren't always comfortable on your flesh. But it'll be best for your spiritual development. Go over, let's before we uh, wrap this up, <clears throat> go over to uh, 1 Peter 5, I believe. Let me find the reference here. I think it's 510. Yeah. While you're going to 1 Peter 510, I'll tell you a story about Jerry Seville. Very, I love this story. I won't go into all the details of it, but basically to sum it up, he basically said whenever he was hired, because Brother Copeland, I think it was one of the first employees Brother Copeland hired or somewhere back there. Um, but anyway... Brother Copeland hired him, and uh, <clears throat> it's a long story. It's a really good story, but for time's sake, I'll just basically say Brother Copeland gave him a certain wage, and he was getting that wage, and one day the Lord said to him, brother, said to Brother Jerry, um, I want you to tell Brother Copeland not to pay you anymore. You're going to believe God for your income. So he went to him, and he, he, he you know, it took him a while to get get there where he was at that place in faith. So he went to him and said, Brother Copeland, I don't want a paycheck anymore. I appreciate your generosity and everything, but uh, I, I want you to just take that money and use it for something else. I'm going to live by faith. Brother Copeland said, are you sure? You know, because he was wanting to be right by him, but he said, yeah, that's what the Lord. And he said, so much money started coming in. He said, if he'd have known it was going to be that good, he'd have done that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't, even hear, you don't even hear stories like that today. Huh? I'm not asking anybody or telling anybody they should do that. But if the Lord tells somebody, what was, brother, what was God doing? He was getting Brother Savelle ready for what he had for him. Where he's out there where there's no promise. Of any meetings, anybody giving him anything. He was getting him ready for that. If he hadn't learned to do that, he wouldn't have been able to take that step. Amen. Amen. See, he was doing. The Lord was not trying. See, people hear this and they say, well, you're saying God doesn't want us to have anything? That's not the point at all. You're missing the whole point. The point is that God wants you to use your faith. Yes. Amen. He wants, he, he's going to do what's best for your faith. 
so that he can give you all. Yes. Amen. Amen. Did you find 1 Peter 5? Yes, Look at verse number 10. One, this is, you don't see this on people's bumper stickers. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you've suffered a while, make you perfect. That means mature, st establish, strengthen, and settle you. I want that. I want to be established. I want to be strong and strengthened. I want to be mature. Okay. Don't, don't just claim half the verse. He'll do it by his grace. He'll work that in you by his, the working of his grace. But he'll take you through some things where your flesh doesn't like it. That's what that suffering is. You see that word? That's a Bible word. <laughs> it's not a four-letter word. It is a Bible word. <laughs> now, people read that and they, they assume it's talking about sickness or tests or trials or tornado blew their house over or their baby died of cancer or something. That's, that's the curse. We're not talking about the curse. We're talking about when you... When, okay, just go over to the fourth chapter, the first verse. Look at it here. Oh, we got... We're out of time. Why is it... Why am I in First John already? How do I get to First John? Go back to Peter. Where's First Peter. 1 Peter 4, let's go back to verse 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh, here's what, this is, here's what suffering we're talking about, has ceased from sin. Now what does he mean, cease from sin? That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. In other words, to the lust of fleshly, the flesh, but to the will of God. That's what he talks about when he means suffering. He's yeah. talking about, don't just do what your flesh wants to do. Right, right, do what the will of God is. Yep. Yep. Amen. So when he says suffer back here, he's talking about not just doing what your flesh wants to do. First Peter talks a lot about suffering. And it really talks about two different kinds. And there's one that's not the will of God. There's one that is the will of God. The, uh, staying put in the hard places is suffering according to the will of God. Second Peter, or Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.3. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Second Peter, uh, again, excuse me, Second Timothy 4.5. Endure afflictions. That means hard places. Hard. I'm not believing for any hard places. Well, honey, you don't have to. They'll just come. Pastor, you, it doesn't matter if you say it at all. It's going to come. In this world, Jesus said, you're, you're going to have afflictions. It's not because you did something wrong. <laughs> you're just here and the devil's here too. But be a good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world. Woo, glory. I'm getting happy tonight. Praise God. So a hard place could just be a, pla a place your flesh doesn't like to be there. Too much pressure. I don't want all the pressure. Well, pfft. you want to switch jobs? Now, come on. You, you got to be prepared for where God's taking you. And you got to learn to stand in the middle of the heat without a care in the world. You bail out and, you'll, and God will say, flunked. And you don't want to do that too long because he'll say not only flunked, he'll say, next. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Tell your neighbor, he went ahead and started preaching now. <laughs> In those hard places, you can stand to your feet with me. In those hard places are the places where all that's worked out of you. Amen. Some people aren't mature because they haven't stayed put in the hard places. Well, I don't like this kind of preaching. Well, it's the word anyway. You just got to stay put in the hard places. 
people today, well, if it's not easy, I'm out. Yeah. Well, then you're going to miss God. Yeah. You're going to miss God. Yeah. In, the, in the hard places is where all the rough edges get knocked off. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's where all the wine gets yeah. squeezed out of you. Yes, That's, good. That's right. That's Amen. Good. It's where the lard gets rendered. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. <laughs> Mama T must have butchered when you grew up. Did you grow up butchering too? We, you know what the rendering the lard is. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm just not getting paid enough. What's that got to do with it? Huh? I'm helping somebody. Somebody needs it. Well, I see pastors here, and then other people are there in better places than I am. Yeah, and, and, and you didn't see the first 20 years. Uh, yeah, seriously. Come on. Seriously. Huh? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Tell it. Staying put when it was rough. Staying faithful. Staying faithful. Staying faithful. Hallelujah. I'm not saying it's going to take God 20 years. Don't, don't hear that. Maybe it's just he it took 20 years for me. Maybe it took 20 years for God to render the Lord on me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you can get there quicker. <laughs> but you don't get there flunking tests. That's my point. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I am so glad you were in church tonight. <laughs> yeah, we all needed this. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. I heard one minister say, this is in the ministry, of course, not everybody's called ministry, but one minister said, somebody, came, he, 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 God was mightily using him, and uh, this, somebody asked him, they said, man, you just, you just came on the scene, it just, just, your ministry just came on the scene overnight. He said, that's the longest night in the world. <laughs> he said, all those things he was working in me for, for a couple of decades, nobody knew me. But I was proving myself, being faithful. Yeah. Staying in the will of God when my flesh didn't want to do it. He said, that wasn't overnight. You didn't see all that. Yeah. Amen. That's the way God is. He'll, he'll, he'll prove you in the little things because he doesn't want you to mess up a whole bunch of people. There's a lot of wet behind the ears, young whippersnapper preachers these days, never have said anybody, under anybody else and let them render the lard on them. That's the truth. That's why we got all the stuff going on that's going on. Nobody sitting, they're not sitting under anybody to correct their doctrine. Amen. Well, I didn't sign up for that. Well, then go ahead and do your own thing. Mr. or Mrs. Flaky. <laughs> Amen. 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 